the NFL free agency or the NFL trade deadline rather has come and gone. Guess what? The Jaguars turned to Cleveland from Minnesota. What does that mean? I'll tell you in just a second here on Locked on Jaguars. You are Locked on Jaguars, your daily Jacksonville Jaguars podcast. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. What is happening, y'all? Thanks and welcome to another edition of Locked On Jaguars, where it's your team every day. We thank you for making us your first listen. I am Tony Wiggins, the host of the Locked On Jaguars podcast. And I remind you that on YouTube, at the Locked On Jaguars YouTube page, please go subscribe for free. Make sure you hit the subscribe button, hit the like button, and hit that bell so you receive notifications each and every time. We drop an episode, and if you're riding around in your car or sitting at your desk, wherever you listen to your audio podcast, make sure you tap in there every single day so that you also do not miss an episode of Locked On Jaguars. All right, today's show is sponsored by FanDuel. That is right. It is sponsored by FanDuel. Look, make every moment more right now. New customers get $150 in bonus bets with any any winning $5 money line bet. That's 150 bucks. If your team wins, visit fanduel.com forward slash locked on to get started. Shout out to the everydayers joining me every single day here on the Locked On Jaguars podcast. We call you everydayers because you do it every day. And if you're not an everyday, you can be an everydayer by joining me every day. How about that? Every day like this one, though, man. Trade deadline in the NFL. A lot of expectations for Jaguar fans. A lot of banter going back and forth between me and jaguar fans on social so here's what i'm going to do i'm going to explain you why the jaguars turned to cleveland from minnesota for offensive line help hopefully i'll be joined by locked on vikings host luke uh i call him luke. look at that luke braun we're going to try to do it hopefully i'm trying to catch up with him and our schedule's a little bit mixed up and we're live so the thing is, is if, he, if he's able to pop on it'll help y'all understand who ezra cleveland is uh, a little bit more than me, and you can hear it from another source instead of just hearing it from me. Uh, understanding team building, and this is the disconnect that I have with a lot of fans to the point where I, I basically told somebody, see, this. I'm going to save it for the segment, but but there's a, there's a huge, huge disconnect, and it's not because I'm close to team people or those folks don't talk to me. If they were talking to me, they ain't doing their job. I just watch what they have done forever, and I use that as uh, a little bit of a baseline and understanding for how they move. Protect the asset. What do I mean by that in segment three? Trevor Lawrence. Whatever whatever the cost. I was going back and forth with somebody yesterday. You can never have too much pass rush. No, you can never have too much protection and too many bodyguards for your franchise quarterback. So we're going to discuss that at uh, length. And then I'm going to talk about somebody that told me you can't develop on the bench. There's an entire NFL and college football department called player development, but this dude told me you ain't you ain't developing unless you ain't playing. So we'll we'll talk about that too. How you can say something that absolutely has no basis. In fact, the evidence points in a different direction, but you'll be willing to cut me 
because I don't believe what you say. So we'll, we'll holler at all of that. But first and foremost, the Jaguars came in the free agency needing a lot of things, according to a lot of people. Anyone who has listened to this show at any point over the last four years have heard me ad nauseum constantly, even to the point of ridicule, talk about the offensive line. My thinking has been this. There's nothing wrong with getting guys that play a certain way and, and, and they're the best you can do. My thinking once they got Trevor Lawrence was championship. Sustained, a sustained chance. I think back, it's hard to look at Tom Brady because that's the GOAT. And they, I think they lost three or four Super Bowls and he, he won seven. So that's like more than half the time the dude was playing for a championship. That's not what I'm talking about. I am talking about guys like Peyton Manning. I'm talking about guys like Drew Brees. That every single year for a decade or more, they had the opportunity to win. So my entire line of thinking has been building a championship offensive line once they got Trevor Lawrence. I think a lot of people thought because of the guys were names that you knew or you, you saw them go out. In fact, let me go back. I wanted the offensive line to be so good, in fact, that I wanted them to overpay to keep Juwan Taylor. And everybody knows that. And folks have, every time Juwan Taylor gives up a sack or jumps offside, I get people to hit me. No, listen, it's consistent. I, that's how I am. I said they should have kept Juwan Taylor and still go back to the draft. I was talking about Osiris Torrance. I have been talking about that left guard position forever. I have been saying that I didn't think Cam Robinson was the championship left tackle. And I was unsure about Walker Little. So I have been on this offensive line kick for a long time. And the everydayers know it. So folks really, 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 um, they're barking up the wrong tree when it comes to the offensive line, especially when they're trying to tell me, like, how, like, why this makes no sense or, all of a sudden being an expert. This is what I've been talking about forever. And I've been arguing with people going back and forth. I've been telling you a championship offensive line. The analogy I want to use as we talk about, I'm trying to say rules that maybe Luke will join me here in a few seconds. But one of the analogies that I'll give is this. And anybody with kids can relate. All right. And I know, kids aren't the reason why i use kids is because the football team like anything that used to go in my house when my before my kids left i told them the one the worst thing you can do is do something bad the next worst thing you can do is tell somebody outside the house about what's going on unless of course it was something salacious but it never was but my point is is never let them see you sweat don't show the emotion remember in the movie training day when you say you gotta hide that love or people will eat you up folks will use leverage and they do it in sports they do it in sport. It's not the Jaguars' obligation to tell us what they really, really feel about people, right? It is not the obligation. It is not their obligation, unlike some college coaches, to tell you our guys stink. It is not our. It's not their obligation to tell you what their weaknesses are. It's not their obligation to also tell you the things they do that cover or how they call plays, getting the ball out quickly, how it hides glaring weaknesses that only they know that they have. They can't put certain certain things on tape because the other team's gone. You don't know. You know what your, your, your kid's weaknesses are. But you're not going to call him ugly in front of other people. Right? 
if my kids had a bell pepper nose on his face, but he's walking around out here like he clocked Gable or some damn body, I'll have a talk with him and tell him, bro, you need to calm down a little bit, right? That's you, You're shooting too high. You're aiming too high. Come down a little bit, all right? You're sucking up all the air at the game, and you think someone would want to be with you with that big old nose. You got to have honest conversations, but I would never come out here and tell you that my kid's nose so big he can't get a date. That's the way I look at football. These guys know what their weaknesses are. In fact, a lot of their play calling, a lot of their play calling, in my opinion, hides their weaknesses. That is exactly what you're supposed to do to the enemy. Shout out to all my people who served in the military. You don't tell nobody what your Achilles heel is. But you, but you do make a hard evaluation and you ask yourself, are we good enough? Good enough to compete is not the same as being good enough to win a championship. And there's a guy that's coaching this team that knows exactly what they, that looks like, and he did it with a superlative offensive line. And there's another guy that had a franchise get very, very close, and and, and they probably should have won a couple of those games in, the, in those NFC title games out in San Francisco that knows exactly what it looks like even though they didn't get it, right? It doesn't mean that they can't be questioned because I questioned them about not giving up a fourth-round pick but willing to give up a fifth round pick when they have so many damn picks for another player that they, that the fans probably wanted. I'm just being real, man. This is what it is. So there's a disconnect when it comes to team building. I'm going to talk a little bit about more uh, about Ezra Cleveland um, and then talk more about understanding the team building aspect of this and really give the Jaguars a bunch of kudos. And, and that and those kudos will be because as I put on social media, we shouldn't be beefing, man. Trevor Lawrence is the asset that we need to protect. And Trevor Lawrence just got another bodyguard. But first, I want to tell you about something that has really helped me in my transparency the last couple of days, and that's DoorDash. My family has gone through something very tragic. I didn't mention it on the podcast, but you guys know on social media, I lost a very close friend of mine who happens to also be my sister-in-law. Um, friends of ours have sent DoorDash from all of our local places because they knew that we were dealing with so much other stuff. It is invaluable uh, what DoorDash offers and what they've done. All your local restaurants, all your favorite grocery stores, local spots that I love. Um, when you don't think you need to eat, this this has been a godsend for us. So we really, really uh, do appreciate DoorDash. And you need to do the same thing, man, because you can get 50% off up to $10 value when you spend $15 or more on your first order when you download the DoorDash app and enter the code LOCKED23, L-O-C-K-E-D-23. Now that's subject to change. Terms do apply, but DoorDash has always been great, but I would not be honest if I did not tell you that the last few days DoorDash has been a lifesaver and I thank my friends for that. Make sure you tap into DoorDash. LOCKED23 is the code. Get 50% off up to a $10 value when you spend $15 or more on your first order. I man, running it down um, here on Locked on Jaguars on a live edition. I see a bunch of people chiming in. I want to get to you all, but I, I, I really can't. I, I have to tap into this content real quick. What do we get in Ezra Cleveland? He's a good football player. Luke Braun hit me up and told me that uh, he covers uh, Luke Braun works for locked on NFL and locked on Minnesota Vikings. And Luke told me that, yeah, man, 
the dude is the he can play. He can play. So I'm not going to make a quandary out of a luxury. That's not what we're going to do. We're going to sit here and act like we got all of the, these problems. You know what I'm saying? It's like you hit a scratch off for $5,000 and you start pulling your hair out wondering which bill you're going to pay first. No, that ain't what we're going to do. What we're going to do here is talk about the good part of it. And what that is is the Jacksonville Jaguars have upgraded. They got a guy who started 40 out of 42 games um rumor has it i saw it somewhere online i'm not gonna lie to you someone said that he wants to play left tackle he has an expiring contract so add him to the list of guys that the jaguars are gonna have to figure out if they pay or not uh i say even if that's the truth what what harm is it when you get a a, a look-see for what nine games not including the playoffs of exactly who you have I, I don't think we, we need to tiptoe around guys who we know, guys who we're familiar with. The Jaguars don't make this move if it's not a good move for a team that thinks that they have a chance. They also don't make this move if it's not a, if it's not aimed at making sure that they protect Trevor Lawrence. And then we don't know what those perceived weaknesses are that they have about their own ball club. I have my opinion and I could still be wrong. I'm paid to give my opinion. I don't talk as definitively about this because there are those guys are in that building and they know exactly what's going on. Could it be health related? Could it be that both Walker Little and Cam Robinson have missed substantial time? Could it be that every now and then I look up at Brandon Scherf on the ground writhing in pain and he's hurt? Could it be that while the right tackle has done well, they believe in a stretch run, maybe some more experience, and maybe still having him and running just running six players. Maybe they're at the point that what they do is, and if you watch Doug with his play calling, they they insert people in certain parts of the game, like uh, and they emphasize them, right? And mainly with Jamal Agnew. Because I think what they do is they say, who's good at what? And and why are we going? We need to run this play, and this guy's the best at that. So boom, stick him in the game. But nobody knows what that play is because maybe there's something they never run before. I just think with situational football, because they believe that we are a good team, what the Jaguars have said is, if we can get this guy even as for a half year rental, and then we get a look see and see what we have, and maybe he does come here and shake things up because he's one of our best five. Well, maybe we'll, you know, we're making a run at here. We're making a run here. We got a shot. But we have guys that have been injured. We have guys that have been banged up, right? What's the harm in getting a dude that started 40 out of 42 games? Not everybody wants to play left tackle and he wants to get paid. It's a problem we'll deal with later. Here's what I mean by team building. When you sit here and want this coach to sell the farm, or this GM to sell the farm. And he might be wrong and you might be right, but let me tell you why it makes no sense to continue getting to spats about it. The biggest self-ratio in the world for Trent Baalke and would probably make his boss go, what? Oh, really? Is if you go out and use a first-round pick on Daniil Hunter or anybody else, at the same time, you're looking at a dude in Josh Allen that has earned 90 to $100 million extension. And then at the same time, you have raved about Trayvon Walker. Now, I don't know about y'all. This ain't Alabama or Georgia where you can just stack recruits. There's a thing called the salary cap. And though we often talk about how that cap isn't real and it could be 
maneuver. It is much easier to do that in the offseason than it is. To, but that's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about the commitment, the, th the, the guys you have told your boss that are the leaders of this team, that are going to run this team. And, oh, by the way, here's the big one. In the last 18 games, the Jaguars are 14 and 4. Why am I going to self-ratio myself when my record says that I'm 14 and four and then have to go down the hallway and tell my boss that I'm giving up a first round pick in a, a draft? This is something I've used very well. This has been a real good tool for me, the, the first round. So I'm going to go and tell my boss that a first round pick, I'm going to give it up and then I'm going to pay the guy hundred million dollars while I'm paying the other guy hundred million dollars. And oh, the dude that I picked number one overall that I keep telling people is is the guy that I want him to be, but he's doing everything for us and he's worth it and he's going to develop into this all pro. And, and I love Trayvon Walker. Oh, I'm just going to move him inside, move him inside to a three technique where I paid Roy Robinson Harris $30 million, right? And now I got Foley Fadokazi making a bunch of money and I still got Devon Hamilton making a bunch of money, but I got all these dudes to resign. At some point, it becomes a self-ratio. At some point, you're doing your job and you're covering yourself by not doing your job right the first time. So you got to backtrack and do it behind you. I'm sure somewhere there's this, there's this chart where they allocate funds. They, they, if you spend too much money in one area, you won't have enough in another area when you need it. It's called fiscal responsibility. It's called team building. This is what they do. Those guys that do this for a living think that every single move they make is right. Until it's obviously wrong. You're going to tell Trent Baalke he's obviously wrong when he's 14 and four in his last 18 games. And the defense has won a lot of their games this year. And teams do this now. When you go and try to get a free agent from another team, there are other teams trying to do it too. And they're going to take the best deal. This is the same thing I talked about in the NBA. Portland wasn't obligated to send Damian Lillard to Miami for peanuts. You think those teams are sitting there worried about the same things that a Jaguar fan is worried about? Hell no, they ain't worried about that. And then, like I said, Trent Barker ain't going to tell you exactly how they feel. Doug, if Doug Peterson ever comes out here and tells you exactly what's on his mind, y'all ought to call for him to be fired. Because he's not just telling it to you, he's telling it to everybody else too. Come on, man. That's all. It's not about me. It's not about being right. It's about reading the room. Ain't not one person in that building. And I know ain't not one. Ain't something I'm supposed to be saying. But ain't not one person in that building. Nary a person over there that picked up the phone and called T-Wig in the barbershop or around here limping on this bad hip and said, uh, this is what we're going to do and this is what we're not. But you can't tell nobody. It just doesn't happen that way. You hear stuff, but you hear it from agents and you hear it from people in other media markets who have people that they know, agents, players, whatever. That's where I get a lot of information from. But most of the information I get, guess where it comes from? Watching them and, and checking the box and what their tendencies are. You think Trent Baalke is going to usurp himself publicly? You done lost your mind. Let's talk about protecting the asset what that means and why we need to stop beefing because this actually means something really really good for the jacksonville jaguars it might not be everything you wanted but guess what it was 
something that's really, really good that's going to help Trevor Lawrence. And we're going to break that down and tell you exactly why this is going to help Trevor Lawrence and how this is a good thing. After I tell you about today's sponsor, which is FanDuel. Man, I was in it to win it. I think I might have won some money. I got to go check because I play the FanDuel fantasy games. But I also play in a certain way. I play the sports book. And it is absolutely phenomenal, man. Get all of the knowledge you want. I even take what they say on the sports book and I apply it to my fantasy football teams because they are often so right. The app is easy to use. There's a wide range of betting options, including spreads, player props, over-unders, and more. You got to score early this NFL season with FanDuel, America's number one, number one sports book. Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 money line bet. You heard me. So visit FanDuel.com slash locked on, all one word, and kick off the NFL season. FanDuel, an official partner of the NFL. We are live here on the Locked On Jaguars podcast on YouTube. Man, I sound like Brent Musburger when I said that, didn't I? I uh, you guys are an official partner of me here on Locked On Jaguars. This has been a big time move, man, in my opinion, because what this does is this gives another bodyguard to 16. 16, this is Trevor Lawrence. Think about all the little throws that he makes. And he just needs just a little bit more room. Think about how you felt when he had to run out of that pocket and got tripped up and was down there trying to figure out whether his knee got hurt. Why is Doug Peterson, the king of going for it on fourth and a little bit? And sometimes you like it and sometimes you don't. You don't have to go for it on fourth and a little bit. If on down number one and down number three, that block is held a little bit longer. And that one foot that you needed, it's now first down instead of fourth and a foot. Football is a game of inches. The better you can get up front, the better you'll be. I suspect what they're going to do, and I put this out there, because I am curious. If he's as good as I believe he is based on the tape, and if he's as good as Luke Braun told me he is, here's what I think. That I think the date, the second that he walks into, the second that he walks into that room, he's one of the five best players in that room. That's what I believe. I do. Now, what does that mean? You might as well break that down to four because Luke Fortin is the center. and That's what it is. Right. You gonna get a guy, bring him in and change his position on a team that's six and two and in charge of that and one of the top seeds in the whole conference. You just don't do that. And they like Luke Fortin. Luke Fortin is a technician, but y'all been knowing forever that Luke Fortin ain't very strong. And we talked about that here. It's been known that strength is one of the things that he needs to improve on, but he's a hell of a technician and he understands. So there'll be a little bit of player development. By the way, let me hit this real quick. There's player development in the NFL. That's why people don't rush quarterbacks. That's why Pittsburgh, the Steelers, have Broderick Jones on the, on, on the bench right now until he's ready to go. That's why Devin Lloyd took a little while. You understand? That's why Travis Etienne got better in the offseason. So if you look at last year, when, when did he get it? 
was it week 15, week 16? No, he was the same running back most of the year, right? But he came back different this year, and he runs differently, doesn't he? Yeah, player development. You, you, can, you can develop players. You can develop players without them actually being on the field playing. Quarterback is a little bit different because here's the difference, and this is the disconnect. There are some things you can't learn unless you play. How about that? But there are some things you can learn before you get out there and get somebody killed too. Right? So here's the, the it's not a quandary, like I say, but it, but I'm curious about it. What do they do if 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 Ezra Cleveland, love the name by the way, sound like he eat black eyed peas and neck bones and stuff, you know, and cornbread, you know, Ezra Cleveland. I like that name. Ezra Cleveland comes in. And here's what happens. If he's one of the five best, now we're going to narrow it at the four because he ain't, he ain't taking the center position. What do you do? Depends on the health of Walker Little, right? Definitely. Depends on the health of Walker Little. Cam Robinson has come back and has, has played well, right? So the, the Cam Robinson Walker Little thing, I think that's his own little party over there, right? I think Ezra starts at left guard. Little, then you have to wonder what you're going to do with Little. Little has played all over. Little had played more right tackle than he had left tackle before the start of this season. And ironically, Anton Harrison has played more left tackle than he has right tackle. I don't know if Little's been better at left tackle, left guard, or right tackle. Don't know. I watch the games, and even if I watch the all 22, if I watched every snap, I wouldn't be able to tell you about offensive linemen like that. I would, well, I do just pick up the phone and I, or I hit up Tony Baselli or I hit up Brian Baldinger and I'd be like, Can you explain this to me? Or I hit one of my guys that played in college, or that might have been on a practice squad, people that I know. I might hit Rashad Hill up, who I used to cut his hair when he was a little kid. He played for the Vikings and the Jaguars. I might say, Hey, what, what's going on? That's, that's the kind of stuff that I do because you have to admit when you don't know something, right? So I don't know, but I do know this. If I base it on what the public has told me, and I and y'all know what I've said this, I like Walker Little. I'm a fan. I root for Walker Little. But y'all act like Walker Little is Larry Allen. The way they were telling me, how hey, you got to cut Cam, you got to do this, you got Walker So y'all not going to sit here and tell me now that you're going to reduce this dude in his third year to just being a swing guy when y'all told me he was an all-pro. You see where I'm going? That's the quandary. What do you do? Anton Harrison has played better. Better, he fought. But do you allow Walker Little, if he gets healthy, to now compete, or do you make him a swing tackle? That's the easiest thing, and it's the most logical thing, because he's banged up and he's hurt. But the Jaguars have an obligation, not to the fans, not to Trent Baalke's ego, not to Doug Peterson. They have an obligation to the players in that locker room, and mainly to Trevor Lawrence, to do whatever it takes to keep him upright and to put the best five players. Do I know who they believe or they think are their best five? I absolutely do not. And I challenge anybody. And if you're right about it and you say it, then cool. Kudos to you. But I guarantee you, unless you live with them, you don't know. You, you do not know. 
I wanted them, and most fans wanted them to run Dewey Wingard off. How much would y'all have regretted that if that had happened? Got to protect the asset. So just as a quick recap on this fine, fine day, the trade deadline has come and gone. Last year, the Jaguars got Calvin Ridley, a, 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 a fixture of the future. This year, they did not get an edge rusher. Rumor has it, and I'll tell you who reported, me O'Brien, my homie, works at Tintin XL on the Noonday Show here in Jacksonville, said that the, they, they were talking to the Patriots about Josh Usay, and it was between a fourth and a fifth round pick, some haggling. That, if Trent Barkey did that, I might go down there and put him in the figure four with my bad hip. The other thing is, I did hear this information last week, but my source told me, take it with a grain of salt, man, but they said the dude wouldn't lie to him. The Jaguars tried to get Daniel Hunter. And then they offered a second and a third, and, and Minnesota hung up the phone. I, I That is not gospel. But I'll tell you that now, because the trade deadline is gone. We, we can go over the little things that we heard that we could not substantiate, but I'm telling you. It's what it is. I love y'all's passion, though. Somebody said the Jaguars fan base is weird. No, I like that weird most of the time. But sometimes that weird comes back to bite you a little bit. But it's all in the game, man. That's what we do. I know I don't. I rub people the wrong way all the time, but that's all right. We still family. We good. My wife loves me. She's in the other room over there. I drive her crazy more than anybody. It's all good, man. The Jacksonville Jaguars are 6-2, and 14-4 in their last game. Bask in it. Don't be sitting here finding stuff to argue about. I'm Tony Wiggins here with the Locked On Jaguars podcast, your team every day. Thank you for making us your first listen. We'll see you next time here on Locked On Jaguars. You are 